Hello and welcome. Welcome to another edition of Atlas Information Live. I'm your host, Atlas Alex, and um, I have no idea how many people will be joining us today because of the uh, recent snafu with our Facebook account, our uh, Facebook account and Atlas Information page, where which we normally use to announce our weekly live stream. So the, uh, the situation is that uh, our account was hacked and um, the individual or perpetrators of the hack uh, obviously immediately changed a bunch of things, but they also connected a Instagram account which violated uh, Facebook policy. And as a result, uh, as a result of this hack and um, this, these individuals uh, doing something which violated Facebook policy, uh, Facebook uh, disabled our account entirely. And um, being that our account is now disabled, and in any case, the hackers changed the name and password and email on the account anyway. So the long and the short of it is we can't get access to our account and we can't get access to atlas information the page so um we have effectively lost 10 years worth of social media uh work building a uh 10,000 followers and almost 5,000 friends and plus additional likes and everything else so um we estimate somewhere in the ballpark of 20,000, but some of those are duplicates. So maybe 15,000 um, in total. And uh, so now we face this reality that we were, you know, building this, whatever modest following we could get uh, in anticipation of uh, launching that book. But, um, Hello, everyone. Hello, Kathy. Nice to have you with us. Hello, Benjamin. Nice to have you with us today. We weren't sure how many people would show up today, so we still don't know. <laughs> um, normally, we we announce our live streams in various different groups and, and whatnot. So, um, but the reason why we're we we're talking about this is because uh, this episode ties in very closely with what we were talking about last week and this episode was the icing on the cake and and really it was it it was trying to be the straw that broke the camel's back that's what it was trying to be 
uh, as you know, last week we were talking about um, these tricks that are played on us, right? These, these tests, these trials, these ordeals that are waiting for us and that we can't go through life, and especially on the path. We can't go around expecting everything to work out beautifully for us all the time. And that then that the doors that we knock on, we can't expect just to be handed these sweet treats all the time, right? Life is not trick-or-treating. Or life is actually what trick-or-treating originally was, which is on the other side of that door, there could be a trick waiting for you, right? There could be a test, there could be a trial, there could be an ordeal, there could be a monster waiting to, to leap out at you. Um, and that's just the nature of suffering on the path. That's part of the path. And, and so no sooner did we do that live stream and, and talking about the challenges that we had been facing last week, or the, sorry, the previous week, then we encounter this, um, this situation where, where the past 10 years of our effort, uh, a good portion of that, at least in terms of gaining a following and everything else was basically wiped away in an instant. And we had to face that reality with, with a, it is what it is sort of position. Because while there were, let's say at least a dozen people which leapt to our aid offering to reinstate our account for us, to unlock our account and recover our Facebook account for us. But they all wanted quite a bit of money and they all wanted it up front. And it was rather, we, we did some research into this and it, it's, it's rather uh, clear that the, these sorts of account recovery uh, things are, are very scammy. Um, no one was able to proffer any type of evidence to suggest that these are legitimate companies that are doing legitimate work and that they work in coordination with Facebook as they claim none were able to, to, to prove that, uh, in any capacity. And when they were pressed, they, they sort of, um, reacted in negative ways. And that's always a, that's always a red flag, a legitimate individual or company offering a legitimate service. Uh, would never recoil from uh, being challenged to show the validity and authenticity of their service. Because if you are offering a quality product, you wear that as a badge of honor. You, you show that with pride. You are only too happy to certify to a potential client or to potential customer how they have nothing to fear. There's absolutely no risk of them being scammed and that there, there's a, a guarantee there's guarantees involved here are our testimonials here's our official web page you know so um if you were a legitimate service somebody who just got their account hacked um who's a little bit skittish and a little bit weary of online scams uh asking you to prove the validity and uh, security of your service you're not going to freak out on them. You're not going to be angry with them. You're going to be understanding and you say, of course, of course, I would feel exactly the same you do in your situation. And here are our, here are our qualifications. Here are our certifications. Here's how we can demonstrate to you 
that we are a legitimate company. These are all the people that we have uh, helped and, um, and so on and so forth. But none were able to do anything like that. They just took it as, a, as an offense or they, they came up with some harebrained schemes to, uh, to say, well, would it, be feel, would it make you feel better if you only paid half up front and stuff like that? So that's on the sort of technical and business side of things, what happened. But the real test was internal. The real test was a test for, for me. Um, for me, the mortal vessel. For me, the servant. Because this was a case, this is, is truly a, an, a, a case that, um, well, before we get there, uh, Benjamin has a comment here. He says, I remember that to my Instagram, I, I remember that happening to my Instagram. It sucked. I finally got it back after years of trying and explaining to support I got hacked. And Kathy says, this happened to me. Uh, I'm on a new account. I was also hacked. I had 8,500 followers. I feel these people hacked you to make money on getting you uh, your account back. 200 people reported my account hacked. Um, yeah, so, well, somebody else suggested something, which, you know, maybe because uh, I don't like getting a big head, right? I don't, I, I, I like to remain humble and um, I sort of have this feeling like, you know, what we're doing here is below the radar and so on. And we're not really ruffling any feathers and we're not saying anything uh, particularly dangerous to anyone or uh, we can't imagine that even though the Black Lodge has an inside um, an inside track on what we're doing because, hey, one of their agents lives with us. Um, of all the times we don't turn off our phone. So the um, the situation is We have to be honest and recognize that the work that we did with Facebook was very much trying to accommodate these worldly concerns and these worldly best practices that we read about uh, with regards to publishing and self-publishing, even if even if I had attempted to get an agent, and even if I had attempted to find a traditional publisher to work with, all the information that I had available to me stated that you won't find an agent, you won't find a traditional publisher to work with you unless you already have a significant following on social media. Because the publishers don't want to do all the work. The publishers want to know that you've done a lot of the work yourself already. And for us, uh, building that social media following, even if it only was just under 10,000, I mean, 10,000 is not a huge number, but in the world of esotericism, in the world of the topics 
that we're covering and everything, 10,000 is, is not, it's not nothing either, right? It's not a hundred thousand. It's not a million, of course, but we doubt we'll, we might never reach a million followers, right? Because the things that we talk about are, are really for the few. Having said that, this was very much a, this was very much something that, um, this was, this was one of, this was my concern, right? This was my concern. This is something I read about, I heard about, I was told that if you're an author and you're trying to, you know, get your book seen or whatever, you need to start building your social media following and everything else. So this is something that, you know, this is something that concerned me. Didn't really concern Atlas. Atlas is on social media for one reason and one reason alone, to reach people. Some of you, in fact, we dare say it's possible most of you, if not all of you, who watch our live streams, uh, we became acquainted through Facebook. Uh, that's fairly certain. Like most of the names, most of the people who interact in the chat, uh, it's fair to say that <clears throat> most of you became aware of Atlas uh, via Facebook. And this is what mattered to us, to Atlas, was to be able to reach out and reach individuals and make a difference in individuals' lives. And that's not a numbers game, right? So all of you watching today and those of you who participate in the chat or, you know, you're here every week or maybe every other week or whenever you can come. But if you gain value from our work and, and you are able to learn something or, or gain something, some knowledge or technique or perspective on your own path, working on your own self and getting to know your true self and your path of awakening and self-realization. If that makes all the difference in the world to us, right? That's, that's what Atlas is here for, right? Atlas is not in it for the numbers. Atlas is not in it for the dollars and Atlas is not in it for, you know, social media following or, you know, fame or fortune or anything like that, right? We're, we're not in it for numbers. We're in it. We're not in it for quantity. We're in it for quality. And for us, every soul we touch, every soul we reach, every monad who gains benefit from our work is, means the world to us. So for us, social media was simply a means to an end, and it was a means to that end. But, um, so the number, the numbers of followers, you know, where are those 10,000 followers? Are they here? Are they listening right now? No. Did they engage with us in any meaningful way on a regular basis? No. So what value were they really? They're just lit. They were just literally numbers. 
They're meaningless, pointless. Were they getting any benefit from what we were doing or not? Were they even reading or, 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 or were they even seeing our posts? Because that's the other uh, harsh reality about that particular platform and social media in general, but that particular platform uh, especially. Perhaps you've noticed this, that once upon a time, you would see many, many, many posts from your made from your friends and, you know, things that you follow. And then lately, it seems, you, you seem, you see fewer, like the algorithms are very strange, very wonky because there's many, many people in our, that were in our lists that were on our friends and everything. We, we would never see posts from them or very rarely. And then there were others that we would nonstop see posts from them and content from them. So it's like, however that algorithm whatever that algorithm was doing was it was selectively choosing what we were seeing and not seeing. So we don't know how many of our 10,000 followers was, were actually seeing a single post of ours or a single share of ours. We have no idea. Um, the bottom line is that it's very likely, especially considering how much time that that, especially that particular platform takes. Um, you know, we're not going to abandon that platform by any stretch of the imagination. But recently we had been um, backing away from it anyway. We hadn't been spending that much time on it already. Uh, and we, th we feel like we're going to be spending probably even less time on it from now on moving forward. Because there are realities we have to face. And one of the realities is that that particular platform is dying. Uh, the young people don't use it. Uh, we're guessing everybody in the chat and everybody who who uses Facebook are Gen Xers or older. Maybe there might be some millennials in there, but generally speaking, Facebook is a Gen X uh, and maybe millennial phenomenon and older. But Gen Z don't use Facebook. They use TikTok and they use other things, but Facebook they don't use. They don't, and they'll use Instagram perhaps. Uh, they used to use something called Snapchat. We don't know if Snapchat is still around, but um, but the other reality to that we have to recognize is that a lot of our interactions on Facebook have been profoundly negative. And by that, I mean, it's been a lot of casting pearls before swine. And that's just the way it is. And all of you here know that. All of you know what you deal with and what you face on social media. And Twitter was, and Twitter is perhaps even worse, or maybe it's a lot worse. The thing about social media platforms is that what they really should be called, they should be called anti-social media. That's really what they should be called. 
the platforms are wholly mechanical and they encourage mechanistic mechanical reactivity and if there is such a thing as um emotional intellectual intellectualism that is the domain of social media emotional intellectualism and what by that we mean people who are purely in their head but wholly driven emotionally through fear and anger and pride and narcissism and and lust and envy all of these negative emotions but driving pure intellectualism their ideas their beliefs their opinions this that and the other thing and and you can see it in in twitter especially and it's this this constant tit for tat and you get the trolling and you get all the other stuff that it's not a platform for in-depth contemplation and conscious consideration of the facts it is it is twitter especially is this it, it, it's a soundbite platform now even though elon musk has taken away the uh the text limit the character limit on on tweets i guess i don't know what they're called now x's um but twitter was born out of that sound bite mentality that it's everything's like tit for tat tit for tat tit for tat it's just like, it's like a ping pong match but it's intellectual psychological ping pong we have come to and i think it's you know you you guys can be the judge um um our message you know our uh efforts here even our even our blog our, our blog articles were essays they weren't little punch short punchy little you know one paragraph two paragraph little uh sound bites filled with factoids which you could consume in less than three minutes which was where the best practices of what a blog should be. Atlas didn't care about that, what the best practices were. If you go read in some, some of our articles uh, on our blog, going back 10 years now, um, or nearly 10 years, maybe 10 years, uh, some of them are, are full-length essays. It's just like these live streams. It's just like, you know, uh, the, the notion of us making a 60 second short for YouTube is, is because, well, that's the best practice, right? That's what, that's what serves the algorithm. And, and we're not here to serve the algorithm, right? We're not here to serve the algorithm. Um, now having said that we have a, a, a new face, a new name that we don't recognize, uh, Tiffany, 
Miller. Now we hope you get this right. It's Tiffany Millerbis or Millerby. We hope you got that right. Uh, she says, for, for your information, I found you here on YouTube. This channel was recommended. So there's that. <laughs> Our channel was recommended? <laughs> by the algorithm or by somebody? <laughs> We don't know how our channel would be recommended by the algorithm. We do absolutely nothing to serve the algorithm. Uh, she says Miller Biss, Miller Biss, Miller Biss. And uh, she goes, yes. So YouTube recommended us to you. How is that possible? We have like maybe, what, 600, 600 subscri subscribers? Maybe less than that. We don't even know how many subscribers we have. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Okay, she's she says there's a there's a um, a lot of affirmation here. So she's we're just we must be doing something right. Um, but um, let's go up. Uh, she's also sound. Uh, she also says uh, uh, Tiffany says I found a Facebook fails to provide the type of audience anymore that I need to get across what's needed. I rarely use it for business where I need a guaranteed connection with my communities. And uh, up above, Kathy added uh, before, she said, uh, you had you have made a difference in my life. Thank you. Well, you're welcome, Kathy. It's our, it's our privilege. Um, Tiffany adds, I watch rare channels with few members, and I always get the, if you like this, you may like that. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> If you like rare niche channels that nobody watches, you might like this one. <laughs> she goes, I believe this is how you came my way. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but regardless, the, the, the point is that uh, we are in God's hands, okay? I, I'm in, this is just, for, for me, this whole losing my Facebook account and losing the 9,900 followers and all that, you know, 10 years of social media, you know, building a following, et cetera, out the window. That was all me worrying and me trying to do the best practices and me chasing algorithms and me and me doing what the world was telling me I needed to do if I wanted to be a publisher and if I wanted to, uh, to sell books, et cetera, et cetera. So the reality is that even, you know, as we were getting closer and closer to publishing date, and we are getting closer to the publishing date, by the way, we finished editing the book. They're now formatting it and putting it into its, its final publishable state. So we'll, we'll see how long that takes, but um, we are getting closer to, uh, to actual publishing date. Um, the reality is that if, that book was not written by me, right? I was just the stenographer, right? Atlas Alux wrote that book. That book, we were, the research for that book was the 50 years of our life here on earth in this lifetime that this book represents uh, half a century of our experiential knowledge and our personal individual 
uh, direct experiential knowledge with all of the subjects and topics that we're covering and we're talking about. The knowledge that, that we were accumulated, that we are sharing in this book, is from our own direct experience. It's not theoretical. It's not uh, an opinion. And it's not a, some, something we research by reading a bunch of other things that other people wrote. We might use, we might pull in some resources here and there, which reflect or affirm or validate or back up our own experience. But the point is, is that the bedrock of what we are writing in this book was orchestrated by our individual divine mother. She orchestrated this life that we've lived up to this point. And that means she's going to continue to orchestrate moving forward. And if the book that we wrote was based on the experience we had, the life that we lived, which was scripted and orchestrated by our Divine Mother, and we were guided through by our innermost being, Atlas, who we connected with at the age of five in our first Shamadi meditation, and, we've been, and we were following the still soft voice throughout our entire life, in order to get us to the point where we could write this book, What in Hell is With Us, about the great awakening of humanity and what's coming, the end of the Kali Yuga. And, and everything that we experienced is, is culminated now on the pages of this book that we're giving the world, then it is on the strength and wisdom and knowledge and love and light and truth which is in that book and which is working through that book that is going to determine what and how it achieves what it is meant to achieve in the world. Not, it's not going to be because of the social media following that I built over 10 years on Facebook. Do you, do you see what we're getting at here? And in a way, it's very important that Attila and all the things that Attila tried to do to make this book successful, that, that, we know we finally let go of that, you know, and let go and let really, and just, you know, yeah. Okay. That was, that's, that was nice. That was cute. That was a nice effort you did, but guess what? You got to let that shit go. You got to let, it's time to let go and let God. Because if you are, if we are here doing God's work, if we are doing the work of Alux, if we are a servant of Alux, which is all light, God light, the fire of fire, the light of lights, and the being of beings, the Logos, the cosmic Christ, which revealed to us as, which was revealed to us as Alux and Atlas, you know, we are a servant of Alux. We are just a messenger. And Attila, our mortal vessel, this mortal person in front of you, 
is just the physical being the stenographer. And, and this episode was another stepping stone. It was another test and it was another trial and it was another trial by fire. Are you willing to let that go? And the answer is yes. Absolutely. And I've let it go. And I'm willing to let go of, uh, you know, so many things and that, but that's those 10,000 followers and everything else. And I've also let go of the fact that if this book is going to be successful, it's not going to be because of me or what I do or how smart I am. No. It's not so. In a way, this is yet another, um, for the mortal vessel, for me, this, this mortal person speaking to you here, for me, it's another weight lifted from my shoulders. It's another thing that I have to recognize that I'm not qualified. Um, I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified to make decisions. And I'm not qualified to make things happen. There is nothing that I, the mortal vessel, can do according to what the best practices are here in the world that that other people say i should do there is nothing that 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 can't compare that can't hold a candle to the wisdom and the 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 genius that is working behind the scenes in my life, but in all of our lives. And the recognition of that, the re being reminded all the time and having these situations, these apparent calamities come where, where we lose things Things are taken from us. And our immediate knee-jerk reaction is one of fear or one of anger or one of despair or frustration. Now, you, you all know we... we uh, let's, let's quickly get a couple comments in and then we'll, we'll carry on where we're heading. We got a smiley face from Tiffany. And uh, Kathy says, when I lost my account, I acquired more spiritual people wanting to learn and share. So it was really a gift. And um, well, so we're get, we're going to get into that aspect from in just a minute from, from where we stand, because we don't doubt you whatsoever. We don't disagree. Um, in fact, we know that, that that's the case. We know that's the case because that, like we said, out of those 10,000 people, how many are here right now listening on this live stream, right? Six, right? 
And Tiffany says, uh, Glorian Publishing. I just remembered how you showed up. Samael on Weor. So our channel was somehow recommended to you through Glorian? We'd be surprised by that. We know we did a video. Ah, we might have done, or we shared a Glorian video on one of our playlists. We have a playlist called Gnosis, and we, we share some uh, Glorian videos in that. So maybe that's how you you got connected to us through a, a Glorian uh, video we shared or something. In any case, it's not it's really not that important. You're here. That's what's important. That's what's important. To be in where this moment is important. That's what matters. And the just to get us back on uh, track here, where we are, we were, where we were. Um. There is a a direction that we need to go from here. Oh yes, and uh, Tiffany says yes. It was selfish spirituality. Okay, that was a quote from Samael Wenor, which we turned into a video. And you see, this is a good example of how we know that. Uh, video content, including videos such as that one, have much greater legs, much, they have a much um, greater potential to reach new people. And the thing is, is that <clears throat> those videos take so much time and effort and energy that if we try to do that and Facebook, we end up spending so much time and energy on Facebook and many times like engaging with people which who frankly don't want to be engaged. They don't really want to be engaged. They don't want to be challenged. They don't want to be shown anything new or different. They just want to live out their life in their own echo chamber hearing what they want to hear, which is what most new age spirituality is about. And it is, it seems that it's makes more sense. <clears throat> and it's frankly something like we enjoy engaging individuals on social media. We, I won't lie. Right. We, we, we enjoy reaching out to people and making a difference in their lives. And we will continue to do to, to do so, but we will be more selective and we will be more sparing in how we do that because it seems to us that we have an ability and a talent with our videos, for example, to, to make a, uh, impactful visual statements of truth and 
put those out into the world and let them let them have a life of their own. So for example, Kathy just said that she shared that video on Facebook, right? And Tiffany said that that was the video on like selfish spirituality that allowed her to find her way to this channel. So if that's true, we have no reason to doubt either Kathy or Tiffany, right? There's no reason for us to doubt you. Then it makes sense that we should take the content, especially uh, the massive amounts of content now that have been compiled into this book and start parsing out and making like little bite-sized chunks and releasing little bite-sized videos that that indicate that this little nugget of knowledge came from this book, which you can get here. And um, <clears throat> and Kathy makes a, a a point where she says her spiritual posts get less liked than other posts on Facebook. Um, even the sexual ones, the erotic ones, they seem to be very popular. And Kathy Holt and Kathy says, yes, bite size, bite size. <laughs> um, and that's the key, right? Cause we have a tendency to, because we're so big picture oriented, um, that even we made that 35 minute video, which is still too long. We have to go, we should, we, we're going to have to go back and take that 35 minute video and break that up into three or four distinct sections where it's now going to be like five, maybe five, seven minutes max, each little, little, little section, because people don't have the attention span anymore. And they also, people are so, um, What's the word we're looking for? Do you know the expression uh, once bitten, twice shy? People are very jaded and cynical when it comes to online stuff. Either they've heard the same bloody thing parroted and repeated over and over and over again, or they have been roped in by uh, by clickbait titles promising them one thing and then doing a bait and switch and presenting them with you know uh, an hour-long video promising the answer to this and the answer to that and the answer to this and the answer to that and at the end of the video is now all you need to do is send me four hundred dollars to take my course and you'll get the answer you know what we're talking about because it's so common. We have all been roped into some such video at, at, uh, at, at some point where somebody comes on and says, well, I have the secret to this and the secret to that and the answer to this and the answer to that and the secret to this and the secret to that. And then, and it's this, and all it is, it's an elaborate sales pitch. So because of that, um, there are all sorts of different reasons 
why people have become so doubt, so full of doubt and so skeptical and so cynical and so fed up with all of the, let's face it, bullshit. Because it's a lot. Um, and, uh, and so... Instead of, we have, well, we have some uh, some more comments, so we'll pick it up after the comments. Kathy says, my sacred sensuality posts are very popular. Yes, yes, they're very popular. People love sacred sexuality. Uh, they love that shit. Uh, just, as, just, just don't tell them about white tantra. Don't tell them about abstention from orgasm because that's when the gloves come off and they'll start attacking you and they'll be digging their uh, their claws into your flesh uh, and, and wanting to tear you to pieces because everybody loves sacred sexuality so long as it's black tantra right so long as they don't have to give up their precious orgasm um tiffany miller says uh i believe that i believe what you are passionate about sharing will always reach whomever needs it that's been my experience it's magnetism your sharings are permanently recorded on the universal web. That's interesting. You just um, you just mentioned. Uh, it's interesting. You just mentioned that we were speaking with our friend Ali, who lives in Iran. Uh, we were speaking with him this morning, and he said, "You know, Attila, you don't have to worry." He said, "Your your book and everybody needs to reach. It's already been written in the Akashic records, so it's already already your book is already doing its work. You haven't even published it yet. It doesn't matter." You wrote it, it's written, it exists. And it's already emanating and radiating and it's already going to be attracting uh, the people who, who, need to, uh, who need to receive it. And the funny thing is, is that we wholeheartedly know that, right? It's not a question of belief, we know that. So again, we have to remember that this mortal speaking to you is possessed by a demon of fear and that fear is control and it's that mortal fear that is what was being tested and our attachment to our identification and our attachment to that like i said it was the mortal who was worried about the 9.9 uh the the, the 10,000 followers right? Atlas is not worried about that, right? My innermost being and divine mother are not worried about that because they know what you're just saying, what my friend Ali said. Because if my divine mother could orchestrate my entire life in order for me able to write this book, then she can orchestrate that the message of this book will reach the people who need, who need to be reached by it. Right? Because that's just the way things are. And so I don't have to worry about that. Right? I'm not going to be the one who makes that happen. Now, I need to cooperate and I need to, you know, I need to uh, serve Atlas, right? I need to do what I'm told. And so when I'm told to, when I'm given signs and I'm shown this and I'm shown that. So, for example, the same week, right? 
a day later or two days after um, the uh, the account was hacked and all this, we went through all this stuff. Uh, I got an email from the uh, the owner of uh, one of the largest book clubs in the United States, and uh, he personally invited me uh, with a special offer that if I submit my book to his book club for to be reviewed and to be listed on uh, to the members of his book club that uh, that he would also uh, uh, create posts on his book club's Facebook pages and he has over 150,000 engaged followers on his Facebook page because they're all readers so that's the real that's one of the problems with uh, social media and building a social media following there's no there's no guarantee that those 10,000 followers I had on Facebook, there's no guarantee that those people have even read a book in the last five years. There's no guarantee that any of them would even be willing to read a book. But the members of a book club, they join the book club, they're members of the book club because the book club's members they want to read books. That's what they do. They read books and they want to know what are the latest, the greatest, and the most interesting books that are available to read. Because a lot of those people, they inhale books and then they write book reviews, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this is, a, uh, this is also a piece of information which came to us earlier and it just serendipitously We've, we've known about book clubs for a long time. We just never bothered reaching out to any because we didn't have, the book wasn't published. The book wasn't ready to be promoted. But now the book is within a few weeks of being available on Amazon. And now the owner of a book club reaches out to us and gives us a special offer, the special deal, which includes 150,000 Facebook followers in the, in the deal. And there are 150,000 people who read books, who's more likely to be interested in a book that you've, that you've written? Even if, it, even if someone might be interested in the topics you're writing about, if they don't read, if they don't read books, then there's, there's no reason for you to be trying to promote it to them. And that's why social media is such a big uh, red herring in general, because you know nothing about the people, even though they might have an interest, like superficially or on some conceptual level, they might be interested in spirituality or new age or this, that, or the other thing. But you don't know anything about those people. You don't know what their behaviors are. You don't know what their habits are. So if you are trying to promote something, like for example, a book, if they're not readers, it doesn't matter. You could have 200,000 people following you on Facebook. But what percentage of those 200,000 are actual readers who will actually buy and read your book? It's a very, very, very small percentage indeed. It's tiny. And uh, we learned this uh, from someone uh, who does has done a lot of self-publishing. And we learned from his experience, and he informed us that that um, he spent 
years building up his Facebook following. And he had like 250,000 followers on Facebook. And he would try to publish a book and, and he would sell nothing. Even though he had 250,000 followers, nobody bought the book. It wasn't until he discovered book clubs that he discovered um, that you want, when it, if you want to, if you're trying to sell a book and get a book distributed, you have to, you have to fish where the fish are and you don't sell books based on the theme of the book. First and foremost, you sell books to book readers who are interested in that particular area, that particular topic that you're, that you're uh, talking about. And then the next round is you go to the people with those interests, the people with, but, but your book will gain notoriety and so on and so forth. And you have to, you know, then the next level is um, to get in with the, um, the YouTube influencers. And um, so we've been building a list of, of channels that, for example, we watch and interviewers whom we respect and uh, channels whose themes dovetail with the ones that we are discussing in the book, then those themes are far-reaching with very wide, uh, wide, grandiose implications for humanity. So there are uh, a number of these influencers that uh, it'd be, it's going to be very, very easy for us to reach out to them and connect to them and get them a copy of our book, uh, a review copy of the book. And say, look, this is what we're, this is what we're doing. This is this is what we've done, and we really respect you as a uh, as a YouTube channel, as an influencer, as a uh, um, uh, an interviewer. But we know also, based on this interview and this interview and this interview that you've done in the past, based on questions which 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 arose in those interviews which your guest was unable to, to answer, we guarantee you, you will find the answers in our book. So this, these, this is the way that we are going to be reaching out to these individuals and saying, listen, listen, on this episode of your YouTube channel, you spoke with this gentleman or this professional or this expert, and you asked them about this topic and they couldn't answer it or you were or you were talking about this topic and you were came to a nebulous type of thing and, and you never really got to a, a sufficient answer on that particular topic on this particular episode this is why we're reaching out to you with a copy of our book you will find it in this such and such in chapter so at least then it'll be it'll it, we, it's not so much that we're going to be reaching out to them and say, hey, we want to get featured on your channel. We want to be interviewed you, you know, by you on your, on your podcast. That's not how we're going to be approaching them. We're going to be approaching them on the basis of, on episode 975, you spoke to such and such, you talked about this and this and this, and this is the nebulous response that you got. If you're interested, if you want a more in-depth, comprehensive answer to that particular question, we encourage you to read a copy of our book, which is attached to this email. And, uh, and we hope you will find the information valuable. And that's that. You know, or the other option 
is we can do we can do a reaction video ourselves where we will clip that video from the original we will clip it and say aha now this is where they're talking about this and this and this and this now you see how the answer here it's not really an answer it didn't really get a, a satisfa satisfactory answer well here's our response to that and we give our response to it and say and by the way you can you, this is fleshed out in much greater detail in our in our book or this other video that we've done or whatever and that way we can do a video response and then link that video response directly back to the original channel so these these this type of engagement is the type of engagement that we were doing on Facebook where somebody would post something and we would do a response to it and in our response we would say for more information you can read this article and we would we would link one of our articles or we would link one of our videos but because social media is such a cheap reactionary platform and that the actual decision makers uh, are very often not even involved in social media. Mo um, most social media is run by peons, right? Like um, to do this type of back and forth exchange on a platform like YouTube with a more in-depth response with a video response and then connecting it back to a book and everything else. This is how you can generate and create uh, a meaningful exchange with individuals who are actually influencers and have hundreds of thousands of followers on their channel. And um, in other words, the reality is that um, it's, you know, we entitled this talk today, Atlas Rises. And the reality is that it's time for us to step out of the shadows and step out from, step out from under the radar, right? Into the line of sight. It's time for us to step out onto the world stage. And be bold and fearless in that, to have faith and trust in Atlas and Alux, and to recognize that the 10 years that we spent on Facebook was all about learning how to engage with people in a loving and caring and productive and constructive way and it is you know individuals like joe rogan for example that we want to engage with on that same level and win over in much the same way that all of you here today came to us through our efforts in some capacity now all we need to do is reach out to have you know we all now all we need is for Joe Rogan to come and join us every Sunday. Now is that is that likely to happen? Well, maybe not Joe Rogan, but maybe someone like him, or others like him, or at the very least, get someone like Joe Rogan to read our book. 
And we put our faith and trust in the contents of the book because of who wrote it, right? Because I didn't write it. And it took 50 years for our Divine Mother to orchestrate everything that needed to be orchestrated in order for us to be able to write it. And in a way, it's like for us, Facebook was kindergarten. And we'd have no desire to get into Twitter and get into social media. No, no. We need to be in front of real people. And we need to have an opportunity to engage with them as we're engaging with you. So you can feel the intensity and the passion with which we are delivering the message that we are here to deliver. And this is a work that has to go beyond the internet and beyond YouTube and beyond the pages of a book. And it needs to land on live audiences, real people in real venues, one-on-one -on -one, and, and in a group situation. And that's where we're going to end up because we know that because that's where we began. When we began, uh, we, we went into drama, we went into theater and we went into public speaking and we went into radio and television. And there has been this huge gap, a hole <laughs> in our life that's been missing because we haven't been in front of an audience for decades in a meaningful way and being able to improvise in front of an audience. But, but stepping out on stage like we're doing here with, with no script, no speech, just allowing the words to flow, the words which need to be heard. And, and us being the vehicle, the vessel to deliver what needs to be heard. And to do that in front of a live audience is our greatest joy, our greatest... There's nothing that compares to that. And frankly, Facebook is, it's, it's a dying platform anyway, and Twitter and everything, it's, it's, it's really a matter of us casting pearls before swine for the most part. It's, we might not abandon it entirely, but we, we have to focus instead on reaching out to we have this expression that says um we are here to be fishers of fishermen it really is a matter of us being fishers of fishermen and and that's really where we're at um it's we're not 
we're not going to get millions and millions and millions of followers. We don't, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do that. All we need are to reach out to those like-minded, like-hearted individuals like yourselves who, like you've already done, will hear what we've done or see what we've done, take something that we've done and, and want to share it with everyone you know. And there are many, many, many more people like you who, like you, not only long for the truth, but long to spread the truth, long to share the truth. And we have a, one of our videos on the nature of Aum and the Atlas Project. It's an hour and 15 long video. It's at the end of that video, we describe this. We, we say how we are fishers of fishermen. We're not here to be fishers of men. We're here to be fishers of fishermen. And so this book is beginning that work in earnest, our life's work. And relaxing with the knowledge of what we described herein, that, that all we need to do is do our part and just put it out there and put our faith and trust in the power of truth and the power of love to do its work, to do its thing. Like, like when you plant a seed and you just, you plant a seed and you water the seed and then that's, you know, and then you relax, you go to sleep, right? You wait because the seeds that you plant, they have, they, it takes time for them to germinate and to do their thing and to grow a crop. But, but the farmer doesn't run around agonizing and worrying and stressed out. Oh my God, oh my God, I got to make the seeds sprout. I got to make the seeds sprout. <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> and yet that's exactly, that's exactly what the mortal Attila was doing worrying about how many books he was going to sell. That's what the demon was doing, sabotaging us and draining us of our energy and draining us of our of of energy and and that we could and should have been focusing on on other things like doing YouTube videos and and other creative things that take a lot of energy, a lot of creative energy. But the demon is excellent at sucking that energy away, especially our demon, because 
it we can get sucked down and dragged into depression like that and when the demon is raging like a terrible two right he's, he's throwing a fit a tantrum a temper tantrum in the subconscious mind that is what we experience on the surface as depression because we've talked about this before uh dep depression and anxiety are very 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 similar in that you don't need to have any reason to suffer from anxiety and you don't need a reason to be depressed it's a you, you what you feel on the surface is actually the symptom of something that's happening deep 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 below in the subconsciousness and in both cases it's a it's a rage now anxiety is terror right it's it's fear but when fear rages right it doesn't fear can cause anger make no mistake anger or sorry fear can become anger we see it all the time right even we've learned this from star wars from empire strikes back fear becomes anger right we so that's a given but fear can also rage as fear and we call that terror to be terrified terrified is fear raging raging fear so it's what people when people go shrieking or or running in terror away from something now fear can also fear uh there are four states that fear can put us in uh fight flight freeze or fawn they're the, they're the four f's so obviously flight is like terror right but freeze is also terror you can be paralyzed with fear you can be so horrified so terrified that you cannot move so you, you become paralyzed with fear the other form of fear is fawn which is uh <clears throat> essentially stockholm syndrome where you are so afraid of someone in a position of power or authority over you that you you throw yourself you throw yourself at them you begin to fawn over them you 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 glorify them you worship them you idolize them because they are so powerful and they are so terrifying and they are so they have so much power and authority over you over your existence right they are an existential threat but you see it's a survival instinct right fight or flight is okay you can't run away from them that doesn't make any sense you can't fight them and being paralyzed in fear by them that's not uh practical either so what's your fourth option you can throw yourself at them you can worship them you can shower them with 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 flattery and praise and you can be um grima worm tongue from lord of the rings who who uh fawns over saruman right he's that that's the like the, the that the archetype that we're talking about it when we talk about fawn the archetype that we're talking about is 
the archetype of the of the uh, the the parasitic henchman, the henchman who sticks to the villain because he, and he and he makes himself valuable to the villain, and and he gets in the villain's good graces to spare his own life. It's a survival instinct, even though it may go against all of his integrity of all of his values to befriend the villain and he knows the vi the villain is dangerous but so long as he so long as he keeps rubbing the villain's ego the right way he, and he stays in the villain's good graces he'll be safe he'll be spared right that's grima wormtongue from from uh, lord of the rings his relationship to saruman and we're trying to think of uh, other um other good examples, um, <clears throat> but um, at the moment nothing is coming to mind. But there are many, there are many examples of this, archetypal examples of this in literature, and uh, and and there's there's a character we know that's just it, his the, his name is not coming to mind, but it's from Shakespeare. Uh, many of the kings in Shakespeare uh, have. Uh, these slimy characters like this in the uh, in the shadows, and uh, it's just we're so terrible with names. The names aren't coming to our to mind right now. Is it Iago, Richard the Third, and Iago? Is that right? Richard the Third had has such a uh, has such a uh, uh, a henchman, and we think it's I think his name is Iago, who fawns over Richard the Third. Despite the fact that Richard III is a hunchback and and deformed, he's he's like he's a deformed. He's by all intents and purposes, his description is that he's a very malformed, ugly-looking person. But Iago showers with him with praise and 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 affection and um, flatters him and everything else because he he wants to stay in Richard's good graces. Um, All right. Um, so, <clears throat> so these different stages of fear, as they're raging in the subconscious, that radiates up, and what we experience on the surface is that irradiated fear energy. So it's that radioactive fear energy, and we and we feel that on the surface as this, this, this. Um, lingering anxiety like oh like you know it's like it's like you're anxious about anything and everything you're just anxious and that's because your fear deep in the subconscious is in this raging state and um and and that radiates up to the surface as this uh, anxiety depression very 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 similar only it's deep seated subconscious anger it's actual rage. So it's a um, an ego that is having a temper tantrum. And it can be fear, because fear is the desire to control. So when fear loses control, or its control is taken away from it, 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 it explodes in a fit of rage, a fit of anger. So when our Facebook account was 
taken away and we realized what had happened, our demon began raging because again, it was Attila. It was our own fear and our own desire to control and be in control of the process, have a say in the process, make sure that we could show some uh, success, some especially early success. Like it would have been wonderful to patch, to uh, tap those 10,000 followers and maybe get a hundred of them to buy the book, like a hundred book sales in like the first month. That would be a great, that would be a great accomplishment, right? So it was this type of thing that, you know, the rationale for wanting to do it and wanting to have that control. So when that control was taken away, when we lost that, the demon began raging and that anger that he was throwing a temper tantrum and we have no control over that, right? Like, like most of us, we don't have control over our fear. We don't have control over our emotions. Our emotions happen. Our emotions happen to us. And the best we can do is observe them and relax and not identify, not attach to them. But sometimes we just have to let them, you know, have their, you know, sometimes you're just going to, when you, when you suffer from depression, you know that there's very little you can do to get yourself out of that state. And it's not that you really want to get out of the state. You want to comprehend why you're in that state. What's, what's happening? Because the reality is, even though we said earlier, you, you don't have to have a reason to feel anxious or a reason to feel depressed, depressed. But the fact of the matter is there is a reason. There is a reason. It's just, it's not a reason that you can necessarily relate to because it's something in your subconscious mind that's reacting to something. And this is, and it's because it's subconscious, you don't have access to it, but through meditation and through self-observation, you can gain access, gain awareness. And through intuition, you can tell. So my depression, right, that I was suffering this week and last week, I knew what the cause was. And that's what it is for me with depression. Now, I used to suffer a lot with depression where I didn't know what the cause was. And I was completely at the mercy of the depression. It's not so much anymore, right? I still have to endure it a few days because, you know, if you have a terrible two, if you've had children and you know that when, when a child is having a temper tantrum, sometimes you just have to let the child, you know, have their fit. Let them have their 30 second, two minute fit or whatever. Send them off into a corner. Let them cry. Sometimes you just have to let the baby cry in the crib. And sometimes you just have to let the baby cry itself to sleep. Because no matter what you do, if you pick up the baby every time it cries, you can't be doing that because you're going to be teaching the baby, oh, if you cry, you'll get comforted. And you, you don't want to be teaching the baby that, right? You do not want to be, you know, reinforcing the behavior by saying every time you throw a temper tantrum, mommy comes over and rubs your back and tells you everything's going to be okay and da, 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 right? Because that's how you create a spoiled child. So sometimes you just have to let your egos cry themselves out. Let them have their little temper tantrum and you just observe it and you just sit there. But it's advantageous to know why they're having their temper tantrum. A lot of uh, young parents, the reason why they fall into the trap of picking up the baby every time the baby cries is because, you know, oh my God, I don't know what's wrong with the baby. My baby's crying. I don't know what's wrong with him. Well, it's a baby. It cries. It doesn't have to be any, there doesn't have to be anything wrong with it, right? You just have to relax and know the babies cry. Know that two-year-olds throw temper tantrums. It's helpful to know why they're throwing a temper tantrum, but if they're not, you know what? It's okay. Let them have their temper tantrum. Then you can ask them afterwards. So what were you so angry about? <laughs> they probably won't even be able to tell you. I don't know. 
<laughs> but if you can find out, if you can know what your egos are raging about, then you can know the source and the cause of your anxiety. And once you know that, you can say, oh, really? And then you can say, but I'm in God's hands. And then from that point forward, you will never attach and you will never identify with your anxiety or your depression. Because you will know that it's just an ego throwing a temper tantrum in your subconscious mind, but you know better in the same way that I know better. Right? Which is why I knew that everything happens for a reason. I knew that I was going through a test. Right? I knew what was going on. But the demon, my ego, my fear, it was throwing a temper tantrum. So I knew that the, 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 the depression that I fell into early this week when this happened, that lasted for most of the week, I knew that what that depression was. I knew what it was and what it was caused by. And I knew who was causing it. And I knew why it was, and I knew my role in allowing that to happen. And all of this is coming around to this point of what it really means to let go and let God. What it really means to embrace psychological death. What it really means to face these sources of suffering in our life, which are inside of us, and recognize that they are reacting like all those people on social media, right? This, uh, that cheap reactionary platform. The internet, social media especially, is a manifestation and an expression of the collective subconsciousness of humanity. So if you want to know what your subconscious looks like, go on to Twitter. Go on to, you know, the internet in general. But go on to Twitter, go on to Instagram, go on to Facebook. Including all the eroticism. Now, Facebook doesn't allow X-rated stuff, generally speaking. So, uh, but when you throw in the pornography, which is rampant on the internet, it's like, what, 80% of all internet traffic is pornography? It's like, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. Like, the, 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 uh, the, the numbers are unbelievable. Um, but that's what the internet is. If you want to know what's going on in your subconscious mind, go on to the internet. That is the collective subconsciousness of humanity playing itself out on a wholly mechanical platform. A, a platform of reactivity. Instant gratification. Click on it, download it, and oh my God, if it, if it takes more than three seconds to come onto the screen, you're already pounding the keyboard. What's taking so long? Right? The frustration already kicks in. We expect everything on the internet instantaneously. 
click, 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 click. I want it. Click, want it. Click, click, click. Right? You want it as soon as you click it. That's the ego. That's that's the mechanicity of ego. And the control that comes into play, right? The the desire for things to happen as soon as you press the keys, as soon as you click the, the mouse, and the desire for outcomes to be as you want them to be, that's all fear. That's the desire for control. None of that has anything to do with letting go and letting God. Which is another reason why we have to, for our part, uh, you know, spend less of our time and energy uh, focused on on social media and and so on and so forth. We have we 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 feel there are there are better ways for us to engage and um, better platforms, better means, and more constructive conversations for us to have. And the majority of those conversations we feel need to be in, in this type of uh, uh, format at the very least. Not the tit for tat back and forth type stuff that the, the ping pong match of Twitter and Facebook, where you're not really having a conversation anyway. And you're certainly not diving deep into topics. Like for us, for us to be on a, on a podcast where, where they do like these long form interviews where the podcast can be an hour, an hour and a half, two and a half hours with the guest. Right, and they're they're covering a wide range of topics, or they're diving really, really, really deep into one specific topic. But the conversation goes wherever it needs to go. Um, these are the types of engagement where we feel we will we will be of most benefit of, and of most value to individuals, and that. Um, and that that's really what we're going to be looking at more along uh, along lines in the future. Which is why, of course, we don't do many short form videos. Although we we also think that that doing those shorter form punchy type videos that's a much better use of our time during the week uh, than it is for us being on on Facebook and typing out you know these responses to people on Facebook. It would be much better. Even if we do come across something on Facebook or whatever, it would be much better for us to flag that post or something and go and record a video and then post a link to the video in response, right? And we've done that in the past where we create a meme and then, or we'll write a response to somebody on Facebook as a comment, but then we will take what we wrote to them and we'll post it on our page as a post, as a as a as a post, because it's something that, if it was value for that, if it was valuable for that person to hear, it'll be valuable for others to hear. And that is what we will continue to use Facebook for. 
not as an echo chamber and not to be posting things to people who uh, already are in esoteric circles and just telling them what they already know or telling them what they want to hear, but rather formulating responses to people on the edge of the light and formulating responses to misnomers and misunderstandings and and false truths and false teachings and formulating responses to them and then constructing those responses in a medium that we can share on YouTube, on our website, on our blog, and elsewhere on Instagram and so forth, so that everyone can benefit from the information that that we have formulated, in other words, that we have brought brought into formation. And that's one of the reasons why we're keeping the Atlas Information branding on our YouTube channel and on our blog. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, my part is assisting in the in the um, in the formation of it, right? And so so I can edit videos, right? I can do the voiceovers, I can do the 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 PowerPoint animations and and so on and so forth, right? That's and you know I'm good at that, right? I've got decades of experience now doing that, and so that's and I enjoy doing that. Frankly, it's a lot of work, but it's so much more rewarding. Because the work and effort that we've done on, on Facebook, it's not, it's not rewarding in the same way. Because it's, it's just, even if we make a meme or something, it's like, it's not, or a post or whatever, or a blog, it's just, it's not the same as, um, when you when you create a video right an, an artifact that can sit and exist on its own merits and that other people can find like tiffany found our video uh on uh, selfish spirituality right it's it's just so rewarding to know that You've, we've created these little artifacts that can go and have a life of their own and seek out and find whoever needs to see them. And our, a lot of our work on social media, frankly, gets lost because the way, especially on Facebook, because the way it's designed is for your posts to essentially like vanish into oblivion after a while, right? Unless you're constantly reposting the same thing over and over and over again. And that's why these these groups they have them on these their their posts on a rotation, and they have them all set up on a schedule. And you can do this on the back end of Facebook, and it's like it just feels so mechanical and cheap and and um, um, well. We won't go ranting on and on and on about it. Uh, let's go and do some. Uh, let's go and do some. Um, 
comments here. So um, let's see. How far back do we have to go? Uh, okay. So we had a whole bunch of yeses, and uh, uh, Tiffany said it's already out there. Um, Kathy says, I will post all bite-sized excerpts of your book if you like. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. Um, you can do whatever you want, actually. It's 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 fine. Uh, cheap reaction aid platform. We got that one. Yeah, yes, you put links on my posts. And they did read it and responded to me in on Messenger. Yes, you put links on my posts and they did read it and responded to me on Messenger. Right. Benjamin says, I was about to mention fear, but didn't want to look dramatic. But nowadays, it's being stepped up uh, for us outsiders. Fear is in Dune. The, the quotation is, fear is the mind killer, but um, it's the soul killer, really. And fear is, well, I mean, the entire COVIDiacy was a referendum on fear. We were at a birthday party yesterday, and someone showed up wearing a mask. And um, she said that her husband is homesick. And that uh, both she and he have COVID. I said, oh, did they test you? And she's like, no, no, I tested myself. And she was there wearing a mask because, of course, she didn't want to make every, get anybody else sick. So she was, no, she was being very courteous and kind. And she was being conscientious. She didn't want to infect anybody else. But, um, but this is it. You see, we're living in a post-COVID world. And... and um, COVID was this referendum on fear. If you were ruled by fear, or if you or not, and just look at what the world was like and look at what the world is post-COVID. So fear is, fear is a big one. Fear is our next book. Fear is our next book, by the way. That's our, I, I know it's maybe a little bit premature thinking about, you know, the next book, but, um, but it's not really. But there's a reason why we've lived our life possessed by that demon. And it's, it's not by accident that we experience fear on a level that most people never will. Because we had to know how to fight that demon, a very powerful demon of fear, and how to conquer that demon so that we could help humanity cope with its fear. We had to be saddled with a fear more powerful than most. That was the only way that we will be able to help humanity and those suffering from fear to cope with their fear it's the only way right you have to become a master and you don't become a master by climbing the bunny hill down the road you become a master by climbing everest in k2 and that's why it is said every angel was once a demon because in order to reach the highest heights you first have to conquer the deepest depths. 
And this brings us to Tiffany's comment here, the next one. She says, bravo, brother. You just came to the solution to the dis disintegration of your Facebook uh, tragedy. I just watched you unfold, and that's beautiful. She also mentioned uh, that uh, it's called seed planting, and she says that you do it well. Um, well, we appreciate those comments, Tiffany. And this is why we, this... You see, when stuff like this happens to us, like last week, but especially this week, again, um, if it's a learning opportunity for, for us, then it's a learning opportunity for you. And the other meaning of Atlas in formation is because when something, for something to come into formation, right, the excess must be chipped away. This is the, that most beautiful allegory of Michelangelo's David. Michelangelo had hauled in an 18-foot tall, 20-foot tall slab of marble. And somehow, somehow, he carved David out of that. And when they asked him, how did you do it? How 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 are you able to do because because David is 18 feet tall. And Michelangelo famously said the angel was already in the marble. My job was to chip away the excess and set the angel free. So David comes came into formation only as Michelangelo chipped away the excess. What we chip away, we call psychological death. What we chip away, we call letting go. And what emerges, what comes into formation, is what we call letting God. So Atlas, in formation, the past three years of these live streams, we have said this, you can go back and and you will hear us say this in many of those shows, many of those live streams. This program is as much for our benefit as it is for yours. And if you see transformations taking place with us live on these programs, it's because we often hear things for the first time ever in our life on these programs. This for us is preaching, teaching, is to a master in, in, in progress, is part of the process of mastery. It's like therapy. But, you know, at a different level, it's therapy at a different level. But it is therapy. Because we hear truths that we as, I, as a humble messenger, I as a humble vessel, most of the time, I'm just focused on what I'm doing in the moment, I'm just like, <clears throat> like the Dalai Lama would say, I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm just a monk. 
I'm just a humble monk. But you see, when we set ourselves to serve others, it's when we, when we dedicate this time and our energy and our focus and our passion for your sake, then things change. Then we must be at our, we must be at our best. We must make sure that we are getting ourselves out of the way to allow that which needs to be heard to be heard. And this is much the same way for many musicians feel this way, where their personal lives can be a shambles can be a nightmare. They have terrible relationships and personal problems and family problems. And many of them suffer with, with, with alcohol or drug addiction. And, and, and many of them can be like, and many actors and performers, they're not very good socially. They're socially awkward or this or that, the other thing, but get them on the stage. Sit that musician down in front of a piano and, and they're completely transformed because they're now in their element and they let go and they let God. And now the beauty and the truth and the inner master is working through their fingertips on that piano or on whatever musical instrument or with their, with their throat and with their voice and they're singing and it's like it's like you you hear the sound of god the voice of god going through their music or their performance or their art or whatever and he had a, but as soon as they step off stage and they have to come back to the real world now they're back in their in their mortal self <laughs> and they're suffering all the things that a mortal suffers from so an artist must perform, must do their art. They must be allowed to do that. They must be allowed to express that highest aspect of themselves in whatever way that they have grown accustomed to doing so. Whatever, whatever, whatever uh, mastery that they have chosen in this lifetime. the the light the truth our purpose our essence that wellspring inside of us must flow through us out through us into the world somehow and the expression do not cast pearls before swine is that what that means is is exactly that is that if this is these are gifts from god these are your divine gifts these are precious these are precious you don't don't squander them don't waste them on people or things that that aren't going to give them a second thought or just going to treat it like more content we're just going to treat it as, oh, here's something I control on the internet. Or here's something I can react to or be really clever about. 
make myself feel, feel clever by shitting on this guy in his post. It's um, it's that recognition in oneself that one has been granted the ability, the privilege of being a conduit, of being a vessel, uh, of being a servant and a messenger of and and being someone who in whatever way that in whatever form that it takes of bringing some divine gift to the world in whatever small way that may be and the in the recognition of that yes we want to be humble and we don't want to ever think that, oh, I'm too good for this or I'm too good for that. But at the same time, say, but these gifts of God are not to be taken for granted and they're not to be um, squandered, wasted. Because it takes tremendous energy, it takes tremendous effort. Even as one feels one is in one's element and one's passionate and one loves one's work and one loves to be that servant, to be that vessel. It's like someone who's passionate about music or passionate about their art are passionate about whatever it is that they're bringing into the world and they just they just want others to be able to experience it and 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 feel the same way they do to be touched by the same light and the same love and the same truth we only have so much time we only have so much energy and we cannot be so we cannot allow fear to get the best of us under the guise of humility because Humility, radical humility, is a tremendous virtue. But fear, and we know fear, we know fear intimately. When fear gets a hold of humility and filters and conditions humility we end up with sheepishness we hope 
we hope you identify or or at least relate to that word. So being humble is one thing, but being sheepish is something else. Being sheepish is under the guise of humility. One is it's but it's really fear couched in or cloaked in this thinly veiled layer of humility so we can convince ourselves that oh no well oh no i'm 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 not good enough for joe rogan i i'm never going to be on joe rogan's podcast because i'm 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 not i'm not good enough for that right or no no joe joe rogan he's he's not going to be interested in my book he's not going to be you know that's this is this a self-defeating sheepishness a devaluation not so much of oneself but it's a devaluing of the divine gifts that one is a vessel for it's 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 the vessel it's the mortal vessel being a gatekeeper for their divine gifts and if this episode uh, can teach us anything, this week's episode of losing all the Facebook, you know, it was all about control, right? It was all about fear. It was all about being in control of things, right? So in other words, the, the false self, the mortal self wanted to have a hand in the success. And oh yeah, wasn't it great that I built that social network, that social uh, social networking following because that gave a jumpstart to the book and blah, 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 right? And so the, the mortal self can feel like, they played a pinnacle role in making it all happen. Well, sheepishness is that mortal self putting a kibosh on the entire project before it can even get off the, the ground. So if we would have given into sheepishness, we never would have written the book. It would still only exist as a draft on our computer, maybe a few chapters here and there. Who am I to write this book? Nobody's going to read this book. Nobody's going to want to read this book. It's 500 pages. Who's going to read this book? right? All these different reasons, all these different excuses. But they come packaged in this, in this false humility, in this, oh, well, shucks, you know, I'm just this and I'm just that. Nobody's going to read it anyway. And da, 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 and this and that. And, you know, and it's, 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 it's sheepishness, but it's really fear. Fear of selling enough books, fear, fear of making it on podcasts, fear of God being good enough for those podcasts. Do you know how many of these podcasts we listen to, we watch on YouTube? We do it for research because we want to know who we, which, which programs, which interviewers um, we could potentially uh, have a good conversation with. And do you know how many podcasts we've been on? with these so-called experts and these YouTube pundits and these people that have written dozens of books and are all over the internet and are all over the world and they're, you know, hosting conferences and everything else. And it's like, do you know how many, do you know how many times we have listened to these podcasts and said, if only we could have been there? Because they just went on for an hour on a subject that we could have wrapped up in two minutes. 
and we could have silenced an entire panel from arguing with each other for an hour over what the answer is. And we could have just, okay, here it is. Let's move on. And that's, that's really where we need to be, right? We need to, we need to, we need to help these people stop wasting all their time and energy running around and around and around and around with their opinions on questions that the answer is self-evident. The truth is self-evident. And we just have to recognize that for better or for worse, we've been granted access to that information. We, we are a messenger of that truth. And so it's time for us to well and truly let go of all of our sheepishness, of all of our fears, of all of our anxieties around how they might react and um, and get on with it and get on with it and do what we came here to do. But we don't have to go out of our way to try to force it and make it happen. We just have to put our faith and trust that everything that we put into the book and everything that we're going to continue to do in presenting the book in these key areas and these key moments and these bite-sized portions, just planting seeds and planting seeds with these individuals and saying, hey, you know what? You're you talking about this. You guys couldn't come to an answer. Hey, you know what? Look, take take a look at this. You might you might the answer your the answer you seek might be might be in here. At the very least, the very least, um, you're going to find some things in here that are that are uh, interesting to you. And just like Tiffany was saying, just plant seeds and um, and give it time. Give them time to grow. And while we're giving it time to grow, we're going to start working on our next book. So that, you know, while that's going on and we can be slowly and slowly and maybe working also on our third book because we already know what our third book is going to be. And really this as a full-time job doesn't leave too much room for Facebook and, you know, making memes and, and so on and so forth. Um, Sure, maybe there might be a few here and there. Maybe the videos that we make, maybe we can create a one-page, you know, visual summary capturing the highlights of that particular thing. And then maybe, you know, we put that on Instagram, put that on Facebook, et cetera. Um, and then link back to the uh, the video that it's connected with. So... But again, this is all going to be unfolding, and um, okay. So, couple uh, comments here. She uh, Tiffany asks, "Where can I learn what happened to the Facebook page?" I learned just today on this live stream. Uh, it was a hijack. Um, So it was, it was just hacked. 
And uh, so what happened was we had a personal account under the name Atlas Alex, and that account got hacked. And the, uh, the hacker connected an Instagram account to our, that personal account, and the Instagram account was doing things which went against Facebook policy. So it might have been pornographic or it might have been you know, child pornography or it might have been who knows what it was. And because of that, Facebook disabled our personal account under the name Atlas Alex. Now, it was that personal account which had Atlas information that uh, connected to it. So Atlas Alex had created a page called Atlas Information, which had 10,000 followers. So when they froze Atlas Alex, they disabled that account because that account got hacked. We lost access to Atlas Information. We can't edit it. We can't do anything with it. It's gone. It's still on Facebook. Last, last time we checked, the page is still live on Facebook. But nobody can add anything to it. Nobody can take anything away from it because the underlying account, Atlas Alex, is, is frozen, is disabled. We don't suspect we'll get it back. And um, what we did was um, we have a personal account under Attila Lewis Lenvi. That's, of course, our birth name, right? And um, under that account, we created a new page called Atlas Alex, which is a page now. And we created it as an author page. And that's going to be our Facebook presence as Atlas Alex, the author. And we also have uh, connected our Instagram account, Atlas Alex, uh, or Atlas Info, but Atlas Alex in, uh, Instagram account also. But that's connected through our personal account, Attila Lewis Lenby. So any future thing that we do on Facebook will be through our page, Atlas Alex, which can have followers, it can have likes and so on. And our Instagram account, we can put memes and short form videos, and we can use uh, Meta Business Suite, and we can post our uh, Atlas Info live podcasts and whatever, we can, we can put them there, um, which is what which is ultimately what we're going to have to do. Um, but that's the, uh, that's the gist of it. Uh, but coming back to um, the main topic of today's talk, um, the main takeaway from all of this Uh, oh, and Tiffany says, yeah, she says that uh, Atlas information is still there. It's still live on Facebook. Um, so the main takeaway from all of this is that all of us, all of us, bar none, we are all identified and attached to this mortal vessel that we call ourselves by our birth name, our given name. We identify with our family. We have attachments to family and friends, of religion, of culture, of 
of uh, all sorts of attachments and identifications related to this mortal vessel. Some of those may include passions and aspects of our life which are divinely ordained. So for instance, my passion for dancing, uh, ballroom dancing, right? Proper dancing. Or my passion for cooking or my passion for being on the stage. My passion for movies and for visual medium and for visual storytelling. And those are all related to our life's work, my, my work as a servant and a vessel for Atlas, and our work as a messenger of Alux. However, there will be many more identifications, attachments, habits, and weaknesses which are in opposition to our higher self. And that just like myself, I had the best of intentions of building this Facebook following in order to sell the book, right? To help help this enterprise, which is part of my life's work, was writing this book as part of my life's work. And so my ego, my fear, the desire to control slipped in there and wanted to remain relevant and wanted to remain, oh, okay, we're going to take the lead on this. We're going to be support. It's like with the best of intentions, we did this. It had to be taken away as painful as it was, and as it resulted in the, the demon having a freaking temper tantrum, throwing a temper tantrum, and me falling into a fit of depression, and, and, and having this whole thing, and me talking about it now today and everything else, it all had to happen to show just how clever and insidious and subtle the ego can be to try to slip itself in there and remain relevant. Because as it does so, if it does so, if we allow it to, if it is allowed to, it will find a way to take credit where it deserves none. Just you, the, the person who's speaking to you now is not the same person that we were even six months ago, let alone three years ago when we started this live stream. The person who's going to be speaking to you six months from now or a year from now is going to seem even less like us today. 
because we're chipping away the excess. We are atlas in formation. And this episode was, as we said, social media is an expression of the collective subconsciousness of humanity, which means that our social media and those 10,000 accumulated followers over the past 10 years is also in part a reflection of our subconsciousness meaning my subconsciousness, my demon of fear, my desire to control, or my demon's desire to control and be in control and be in the driver's seat and take credit. And if we were to allow him to be there, to do that, and the book comes out and the book is successful, all of a sudden, if we do land on um, the uh, the what the uh, the soul the soul something podcast or um, any of these YouTube channels, the last thing we want is for that ego to be there. We don't want that demon to be a demon of fear to be in the driver's seat. If we get on Joe Rogan's podcast, that's the last thing in the world that we would want. So this whole process of us going through the publishing the book and all the difficulties related to publishing the book, and now this with the social media, it really is, it really has been an exercise of like stamping out every last vestige of Attila and getting Attila really out of the picture as much as possible and the demon which is associated with him that fear, that desire to control, because we, Atlas, we cannot afford to step out onto the world stage with this demon in tow, with this demon believing that, that, that the only reason why we're successful is because, because of its social media prowess, if that makes any sense. But that's how clever and insidious our egos are. And that's why what we were saying earlier, so many musicians and artists and people who have this, 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 this very narrow vertical niche in their life in which they shine and which this beautiful, loving, God-sent message flows through them into the world. And that like when they're on stage, it's like they can do no wrong. Or, or you know, they're when they're in the spotlight, or when they're acting, or when they're doing whatever, when they're doing their art, when they're doing their divine gift, it seems in that moment their ego is happy to step out of the way, right? To let their 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 higher self do their thing. But then the minute the lights go down, or the minute they step off stage, the, the ego goes zoom. And, and like, a, like the parasite that it is, it leaps back and it takes control of them. And then the anxiety kicks in and, oh my God, did they like it? Was it good? Was it not good? Right. And then the, the, you know, the, 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 the terrifying, paralyzing fear and anxiety, um, and, uh, uh, the narcissism 
And then the, the self-loathing that comes with that, right? The insecurity. And then so the, the, then you get the what's with the insecurity and, and shame and self-loathing come the addictions. And then and, and so many of these actors and performers and stand-up comedians and stuff that we grew up with, they're all, and so many of them are dead. So many of them are dead at their own hand. They took their own lives. Why? Because, because the ego is clever and skillful and insidious and subtle. The ego is smart enough to get out of the way when they stepped out on stage long enough for them to be brilliant and geniuses. But the moment they stepped off stage, the egos came back with a vengeance to start feeding on their victim, on their slave. And we have lived our life suffering from the same type of demons as those other performers and musicians and so on. But we have been taken through hell and back to wrestle our demon and get our demon out of the way. And we've we've faced some tough tests and 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 challenges and and our divine mother has been very severe as well as merciful. But why? In order that we may know and understand and comprehend and can share with the world the true nature of psychology the true nature of suffering and what a true human being really is and how so many of us who are on the edge of the light can step out of the shadow into the light and stay there. Even as we dip our toe back into the shadow, even as we do the alm of life and we have to go around and around and around, because every time you have to want to get to the next higher level, you have to descend to the next lower level. That's the alm of life. But we can explain all that now. We know all this from our own experience and from observing the experience of others and, and living vicariously through their suffering and their, their, their um, tragedies. But we cannot afford, as we step out onto the world stage. We cannot afford to have that demon in tow and that demon take advantage of us. Because if that demon's taking advantage of us, that demon's taking advantage of you. And we can't, we can't allow that to be. And that's why all this stuff was happening this week to remind us to let go and let God. And that, you know, from now on, Every day, everything that we do has to be like this live stream. We have to be on all the time with everything that we do and not allow um, 
the fear and the desire to be in control, to get in the way, and to get between Atlas and you, because we're doing this for you and for people like you. And we're doing this to reach out to others who have the spotlight who have the following and they've built a following and rest assured that they suffer with their own demons and we can reach out to them and share with them and help them and where we can help them we can help their followers their subscribers their audience right and so there we have what it means to be a fisher of fishermen a teacher of teachers. Yeah, so we don't worry how we don't have to worry about uh, building a social media following. We don't have to worry about how many people subscribe to our channel. We don't have to worry about branding issues and all that nonsense. We don't have to worry about any of that. We just don't. It's, we don't have to worry about anything, really. Ours is not to reason why. Ours is but to do or die. And it's just to be. To be or not to be, that is the question. And we just need to just be and be. And in that being, we will know what to do. Just as we have, we've made lots of mistakes and stumbled lots along the way. Don't get me wrong. But for 50 years, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, we followed our heart. And for 35 years, we've known that we've, we followed that, we followed our heart by name. We, we followed Atlas. We followed his lead by name for 35 years. And now we're publishing a book under that name. And from, from this point onward, moving forward, if we give a live talk or if we end up on someone's podcast or getting interviewed by somebody, they're going to be interviewing Atlas Alex. This is just who we are. And, and the last vestiges of Attila, uh, this week, you know, have sort of been left on the cutting room floor. Even though, practically speaking, I'm still around. <laughs> I'm not, I haven't gone anywhere. I still have my driver's license and my passport, and I still have to travel under those names. 
but that's just the reality of being in the world but not of the world but this worrying worrying about fitting in and worrying about you know doing things the way everybody else does them and the way they have to be done and all this kind of stuff uh this this week has just reminded me and shown me that listen you haven't you haven't done anything the way everybody else does it for 50 years this is it's this is not the time to start you've been fall you've been you've been um uh, uh dancing to the beat of your own drum for 50 years you've been following the guidance of your innermost being and divine mother for 50 years and you've never followed the crowd you've never done things because other people tell you that's the way it was, needs to be done and and it's because you followed your higher self the still soft voice in your heart that you are where you are now the ability to be a vessel and a servant for that higher self and to write a book that was only that is only possible to have written because of the 50 years that you've lived and how you lived so now is not the time to start doing things the way everybody else says they need to be done and to do things the way other people have done them no no you 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 continue doing what atlas needs to do you just continue being a vessel and servant for your higher self you continue letting go and letting god and the more you let god the more atlas comes into formation the more david emerges magically from that block of marble that is the takeaway for all of us for all of you learn from this example when when things don't go right for you in your life when the things that you really wanted to happen or you really thought needed to happen don't happen and you react with anger and frustration and despair and worry and anxiety and all the different emotional you know things and you know like if you're anything like if you're anything like me you know you're caught in emotional turmoil and in subconscious turmoil when you do things like start binging on junk food or ice cream or or you turn to whatever vices are your copium you know that expression copium the things that you turn to to cope with emotional um so it, it might be emotional eating it might be drinking it might be smoking it might be whatever it is we all have copium in our life whatever that may be it could be video games it could be shopping it could be um it could be uh, getting on the phone and gossiping with your friends, or it could be, I don't know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what it is, but we all, we all know that when we are, when we're going through something and we're in emotional upheaval, emotional turmoil, we, we, we turn to these things. And, um, and so, um, Tiffany says cloves cloves for me cloves okay this one you have to explain that's you can't just drop that it's what what you you mean like you start munching on cloves <laughs> or you like 
cook cloves in a tea or you smoke them or what what were you talking about cloves <laughs> okay yes to what <laughs> she goes yeah ah. you 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 eat cloves anyway the point is we all have something <laughs> I thought I was bad because uh, she goes, uh, no, de, de, de jarum. Oh, okay. See, see, all right, okay. <laughs> you see, now that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. No, no, uh, no, I have no idea. I don't smoke. I've never smoked in my life. I know nothing about cigars. Or cigarettes or anything other than I, that uh, other than they they make clouds of smoke and you 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 light them on fire and you you inhale them. That's all I know. I've never I've never actually smoked, so I never had a cigar. You know what I think cloves are? Cloves are the things you put in um, in uh, in tea and in um, in um, eggnog. <laughs> to, to make spiced the cloves are what you put in wine to make mulled wine at Christmas time. Um, uh, glue, glue wine. The, uh, the Germans call it, right? You put cloves and cinnamon and stuff. And she goes, yeah, they do indeed make clouds. Yeah. Puffs of clouds of smoke. Yeah. But the point is we all have something, right? We all have something that we turn to. And when we find ourselves turning to that, instead of just indulging that for what it is, and maybe we do need that for whatever reason, because again, we're only human, we're not perfect, right? And we would, and it would be much, it's much better to, um, to uh, dissipate some of that negative energy that pent up negative energy, um, then, then to hold it in and like, and try to like forcefully suppress it because, because if we do that, then it's going to build up over time and, and either it's going to come out in some terrible expression or it's going to give us cancer. And I mean that very literally. I mean, like, because if you don't, if you don't have a healthy outlet for negative energy, maybe it's exercise, maybe it's what, for, for me this week, I'll be honest with you. Um, when this whole thing happened and I was thrown into this fit of depression and I could feel, I could feel, I can, I, I'm able to feel the demon. Okay. I can feel it having its freaking temper tantrum. Okay. I can feel it deep down inside in my lunar bodies and it's freaking having a freak out okay so what do i do i'll tell you what my copium was okay so kathy says she puts uh, cloves in her shakes and uh, tiffany says yes clove cigarettes are the same in other countries they spice them with actual cloves okay um so it's like kind of like glue wine that way. So it's uh, cinnamon and cloves and different spices. So I see. So you get the the spicy flavor in the um, in the cigarette. Okay, my copium this week was a tub 
of Oreo cookie ice cream and a bag of sour cream and onion, uh, sour cream and onion, onion rings. And I ate, I, I will eat an entire tub of Oreo cookie ice cream. And I watch Kingdom of Heaven, which is a three hour Ridley Scott film. And um, that it was Tuesday, I had the ice cream. And then Wednesday, I think I had, and Wednesday I worked out. And then later in the evening, no, 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 sorry. When was uh, Halloween? Monday, I had the ice cream. Halloween, I watched Kingdom of Heaven. And then Wednesday, I had a big heavy-duty workout. And uh, Thursday and Friday, eh, you know, they were where they were. And then Saturday, I had a different, uh, another workout. And I went to a, a, a birthday party and everything and ate too much. And then today is this. So, um, but I had, I have ways of working out the the you know kind of medicating myself right because it is drugs and let's face it it's a drug sugar is a drug okay ice cream is a drug i don't care what anybody tells you ice cream is a drug it's not a treat it's a drug uh junk food is a drug it's not a treat it's a drug and so i have these things and i'm able to keep them within some moderation so I will only do these binges when I need them, right? And then I'll have them, I'll need them, and boom, and then I'm done. And I don't touch the stuff again for like another, like for more than a month or, you know, whenever I need them again, right? But but you need something. You need something to be able, if, you, if you're living with a chronic anything, a chronic emotional anything. So you're living with a demon or a, a, an ego whether it's uh, a fear, anxiety, you know, whatever you want to call it, or uh, or it's lust, or it's envy, or it's greed, or if you're living with an addiction, which is self-loathing, which is shame, which is the flip side of pride. So whatever you're living with, that's that you deal with constantly, incessantly, or, or on an on and off basis, when you run into these emotional high points of emotional stress, if you don't have some kind of outlet, you know, maybe you go running or sprinting or swimming, or you go and you punch a punching bag or, or you have some kind of way of a, of a healthy release of that negative energy. If you don't have that, um, and you allow yourself to just like you think that you're just going to ride it out and you think that you have to realize that that energy goes somewhere and it can be absorbed by your etheric body it can be absorbed by your astral body by your mental body and you end up with these chronic negative thoughts these chronic negative emotions and these chronic uh energetic uh, knots, which then start expressing themselves physically and they can express themselves as, you know, physical tightness in the ligaments and the muscles and so on and so forth. Like, you know, they can, but, but worse, far worse is when they express themselves as cancer. And this is really the cause of cancer, most cancer. 
it's yes cancer can be caused by chemicals and you know be, with, and all sorts of like uh environmental toxicity yes of course but there's external environmental toxicity and then there's internal environmental toxicity and rest assured that mental and emotional and energetic toxicity is a greater cancer causer causing agent cancer causing toxicity than external uh forms of toxicity now we're not talking you know uh chernobyl levels of radiation or whatever right obviously you know we're talking about something a different level if you if you get struck with nuclear fallout yeah okay you, you that's a that's a that's a pretty potent uh cancer causing toxicity okay no there's no argument there but most of us thank god are not going to um have an encounter with a uh chernobyl or a fukushima level nuclear disaster or at least not yet we hope not um and and uh you know unlike uh you know the film aaron brockovich where uh where the uh the chemical company was uh was uh, uh pouring these uh carcinogens into these 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 pools and they got into the groundwater and infected the uh the 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 city's uh water supply right barring incidents like that uh the vast majority of cancers are are psychological not that the person wanted to give themselves cancer obviously not but um our own mother passed away from cancer and uh we've talked about it in the past uh the causes of her cancer and we also have a friend of ours who's uh and a, a mother of two young girls at that who uh recently got diagnosed with uh cancer and and again she doesn't drink she doesn't smoke she doesn't do drugs she doesn't she, you know her and her husband very careful about you know she, she works on the, like about, the, about the, the the toxicity and whatever and and all that stuff because with the two little girls but um but i talked to you know them about about it and um and they're they know what the cause of her cancer was the doctors don't but but they do and she's working very hard now to work better at expressing her negative emotions and and getting them off of her chest instead of instead of you know she's she's from um she's from a um southeast asian country and as you know uh asians in general uh and some southeast asian countries it's a cultural thing with them where you don't show negative emotion if you if 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 something's bothering you you just you keep it to yourself because it's it's impolite to you know to bitch and complain to others right so it's it's so it's a it's like a cultural thing even in japan we lived in japan for a year and in japan they have the inner self and the outer self this whole concept that you have your inner psychological world which is private which you don't show to people 
And then you have your outer self, which is, you know, pleasant and always happy and, and professional and everything else. So you don't show what's really bothering you. You keep it, you keep it inside. Um, which is why the Japanese play so hard. They work very hard and they're very disciplined, but that's why all of their entertainment and all of their, their uh, uh, social time, their social pastimes are all completely crazy. And they go batshit crazy on the weekends and holidays and they do the craziest shit because they're keeping, they're holding all this stuff inside all the time and they need to let it out somehow. They need to have a purging and they find some of the most ridiculous, audacious, batshit crazy ways of getting the, the, that energy off their chest, right? Like if, if just watch Japanese game shows, right? And you get an idea of why the, like the Japanese play 10 times harder than anybody else in the world. And they're 10 times crazier and their anime is completely batshit crazy. Some of it or a lot of it. And that's because they work so hard and they're so disciplined, but they're so controlling and disciplined of themselves, but not in the healthiest way. So they have to let it out because if they don't let it out, they, Japan would have the highest rates of cancer in the world, but they don't. Because unlike, let's say, the United States, where in many places in the United States, people are brought up a certain way or in England or elsewhere in the West, they're brought up to be prim and proper, right? And you, you know, you keep your emotions to yourself and you don't, you, you, you don't want to be, you don't want to be uh, problematic to the people around you. You don't want to be a troublemaker or anything else. But at the same time in the United States and elsewhere in the West, in England and elsewhere, you have, you know, the Protestant work ethic, and but you also have uh, religious overtones, right? So you have this like dogmatic morality that's pressed down on people so if 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 people don't have healthy outlets for that for their negative emotions their negative energy and they don't know how to transform the impressions they don't know how to transform and transmute their negative emotions into positive emotions into not not into positive but but to gain a positive learning experience and transmute their negative emotions into uh, opportunities to consciously experience and learn from the negative emotions and or release those negative emotions because sometimes you just have to release them get them the hell out of your system because you don't want them to be in there and fester and that's why cancer rates are so high in places like united states and the uk and elsewhere that the more reserved people are and the more unable they are to rid themselves of that negativity, um, then um, that negativity is going to express. Um, <clears throat> so while we are in progress, while we are in formation, the process of psychological death is going to be unpleasant. It has to be. Death is not pleasant. Anybody who says that death is pleasant, they're lying. They're lying to themselves and they're lying to you. Because it's not. This week and last week was not a pleasant experience. I do not wish this experience on anybody. But 
It was a necessary experience. And it was a reminder to me, and it was an opportunity, it was a teaching opportunity and a learning opportunity for all of you to say that it doesn't matter where we are on our path, this process of psychological death, of, of needing to learn more, like deeper and deeper, higher and higher levels of letting go and letting God, this continues and continues and continues and continues. And if we're on the path of the Bodhisattva, this continues right up to and including the moment of our death and beyond. Because the Bodhisattva descends into hell. And in hell, the Bodhisattva has to give up even more than that. So this is a this is just the next level. And if we do not get acquainted with the process of letting go and letting God, and by by that we mean our higher self, our innermost essence of God within, and getting ourselves out of the way. But if we have to deal with ourselves, if we have that negativity, we have demons, we and while we still have them and they're raging and they're 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 doing all these things, we have to learn how to manage them in whatever way we can, which causes the absolute minimum harm to ourselves and others. So, and that's just, that's just the reality of the situation. And there's no point in beating ourselves up over it. Like, like the way our demon managed to uh, beat ourselves up every time we binged on junk food in the past, when we were depressed and we would go and we would, eat that tub of ice cream and then afterwards we would feel guilty about it our demon would say ah oh, okay you think you can so you think you can and then we, we would be trapped in this downward spiral of uh of constantly of um binging and then feeling guilty and then binging because we feel guilty and this is you know this is downward spiral our demon was just having a, a field day we're not like that anymore we don't we, we know what it is we know why we're doing it we know why we have to do it and then we binge and then that's it. We're done. We're free from it now. And we and we know that we needed to do it. And that's it. Now we move on. It's just, that's why we call it copium. It's just, it's just something that we do. We don't do drugs. We don't smoke. We don't drink alcohol. Um, there's lots of th other things that we could do, which we don't. So on balance, um, you know, eating a tub of ice cream is not the end of the world. It may be not be the best thing for us, but we also exercise and we don't do it every day. We don't do it every week. We don't even do it every month. We only do it when we have to. It's yes, it's, it's a drug. We admit to it, but you know, when you live with a demon, you, you, you've got to figure out how to throw the demon a bone every now and then, right? You, you have to learn practically how to live with this thing because otherwise if we didn't do this, then we would have already killed ourselves from depression or we'd have cancer. It's as simple as that. Or we would have given in a long time ago into Black Tantra and we wouldn't be here talking about what we're talking about. We'd be teaching you uh, black magic and we'd be a full-blown, uh, full full-fledged member of the Black Lodge 
and we would be dining with Bill Gates and George Shorosh and all the rest of those guys. And we'd be teaching Black Tantra on, uh, on, on YouTube and all that stuff because we were shown that. That was, we, we were shown that. That's one of our, that was one of the two futures that, uh, <clears throat> that was uh, in the cards for us. Um, that's the gambit that the White Lodge played when they designed this, this, uh, this story, this story for us to play out. That's the risk that they took is that, well, that's the risk. Anytime you have a fallen Bodhisattva or, um, someone who has to come and be a double agent, right? Possessed by a demon in order to, to fulfill his work. It's a, it's a terrible risk, but it's a risk that the Bodhisattva take for the sake of suffering humanity. It's worth, it's worth it. It's worth it. And we hope and we pray and we have faith that that will come across in our work, in our words and in our work, like i.e. our upcoming book. That people will see that, they will recognize that, they will sense it. Not everybody, not even the majority. We don't need everybody to read it. We don't need everybody to get it. We only, read, we only need those few who are on the edge of the light to get it. Um, and, uh, and we have faith that, that they will. We have faith that we've done the best with our time so far and that we will continue to do so moving forward. And you will all agree that anyone who's here to do their best and make the most of their time and the most of their energy and the most of their effort, you will agree that their place is not on social media. That social media is not the best place, the best way to spend time and to invest energy. It's, a, it's an afterthought from now on. And uh, we have bigger fish to fry, so to speak, because uh, we have we have we have fishermen to catch, <laughs> fishermen to catch and fry. Okay, so thank you all for uh, your patience and your understanding, and uh, we'll open it up to questions. If anybody has any comments or questions uh, to add. Uh, we will give you a chance to type away. <sighs> Incidentally, on a technical note, I don't even know if we're going to be able to uh, stream to our new Atlas Alex uh, Facebook page. We'll try to speak to someone at StreamYards tomorrow and see if they can help us figure it out. But at the moment, it looks like we've lost that capacity. So instead, we might just find a different platform to live stream to, or we might connect in our, uh, our, um, Spotify account and, and stream to Spotify instead, but we'll see. We'll see. 
Tiffany says, no questions here. Just really grateful I caught this today. Well, Tiffany, we are so grateful that you uh, watched today and that you uh, engaged and uh, decided to participate. We're glad to have you. It's always nice to see a new face. So we hope that uh, you'll make it a, uh, a weekly thing to come and visit us and spend some time with us. Anyone else? Any uh, comments or concerns or questions? <clears throat> if not, uh, we want to thank you again. Uh, Kathy says, thank you. You're welcome, Kathy. It's nice to see you as well. Um, we want to thank all of you for, uh, for spending the time with us today. And uh, we apologize for the, the late notice on getting the announcement. Uh, again, there's an issue with StreamYards and Facebook and everything else. So we're going to try to get that uh, hammered out and try to get things working a little bit better in time for next week. But again, we're we're still locked out of many of the other groups that we were a member of. So in terms of getting the word out, we encourage all of you to sign up uh, your email address on our website, atlasalex.com. At the bottom of the page, there's a place to um, there's a place to subscribe to updates, and then from now on, we're going to try to do all the updates on our website. And then, if you're on the mailing list, you'll get a uh, a notification that way. Um, and we're going to try to encourage people to sign up with us with us anyway, because heaven forbid, if our other Facebook account gets hacked. We're going to be, you know, we will get, we will go back to zero again. So, um, so anyway, that's just an option. Uh, and we're going to try to organize things a little bit better. We'll see how things go. This, this whole, this whole thing has caused a shakeup. So there's going to be a great, uh, reorganization on how we do things anyway. So we'll keep you informed and, um, and it'll all work out for the best. So that, that we're sure of. Benjamin says, thank you as well. Thank you, Benjamin, for uh, coming out. So if there are no more questions, then um, we hope that you all have a wonderful week. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. And hopefully we'll have another update on the, uh, the book and the publishing date. And also, if we have some, um, some other updates related to uh, social media or other platforms, we'll, we'll also let you know at that time. Uh, Benjamin Raphael says, thank you for today's live stream. I was looking for the live stream in Facebook, but only in YouTube is working. Uh, yeah, Benjamin, we, we explained that, uh, on the posting that, um, and we've been unable to, uh, connect live stream to our new Facebook page, uh, because our other Facebook page got hacked. And so we have no access to Atlas information on Facebook anymore. So, um, um, we made some posts in our, you know, and, uh, on the blog and whatever, trying to explain this, but, um, so, but w hopefully we'll get things a little ironed out in time for next week, but, uh, but don't expect for us to get Atlas information on Facebook up and running and working again, cause that's not going to happen. Okay. Tiffany, thank you everyone. Uh, have a wonderful week. And uh, we hope to see you again next week. And until then, uh, inverential peace.
Uh, take care, everyone. Goodbye.